for everybody, especially when it comes to the topic of masculinity, if anybody thinks that I'm a man, I started out weak, right? I grew up in an environment where my mom literally did everything for me. As soon as I got to basic training, because I quit all my sports and started working out, I was the fittest person there when I showed up, immediately got a leadership position basic. And like the first, like, I think it was the second day I called my mom because you're allowed to get that one phone call, crying my eyes out saying, I can't do this. Why did I sign up? I am so scared. I don't know how to be in charge of anybody because I don't even know how to make my own bed properly. But like the corners. And then I remember in basic training, I would write letters to my family at home and I'd have to rip the page off and throw it away because there was so many like tears. It was ruining the ink. Right. And then I remember I got to like a RAS Ranger Assessment and Selection Program. And there's 165 other like men, like big burly men. And I was like, I didn't really run before the army. I, I didn't know. And like the very first day you put on a rucksack that has like 45 pounds in it. And that's like, you just walked. We started off on a full sprint and we eventually got to something called cardiac kill because somebody went into cardiac arrest and died on it. And I remember I was so out of it that I was going up and down that hill. There was an ambulance and I looked over in a daze and somebody was getting a thermometer up there, but because in 17 degree weather, they overheated and had a tempo 104 from heat exhaustion. Right. And then it slowly kept going on. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is crazy. I'm not meant for this. I'm not ready for this at all. And then like literally every single step. And then it, um, our little hell week, it's like five days, five land nav iterations. Um, you do land nav from probably about 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. You get smoked all day. You do log PT. You got two minutes to eat. Every single time you have two minutes to eat everything, your food, you have to hit the wood line and back, which is a half mile. We do that 88 times over five days with four and a half hours of sleep. You had ruck marches every single morning, every single night untimed. And the whole time, I just remember, I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know if I can do this. But every single step along the way was the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't think I can do this until I did it. And then the next thing was the hardest thing, then the next thing was the hardest thing. And what I'm proud of to know is when I look back at those times, those times are now easy when I thought it was the end of the world. So when you hit that wall and you hit that line, just keep going because the man that you're trying to become doesn't happen overnight and it's going to be really hard. But how you can become a man is doing the things that you believe in and going all out every single day and not looking back. And, and enjoying the journey and knowing that this might be the hardest thing that I've ever done. It's going to be difficult, but I can do it. Then you get to look back on life and realize that, wow, that wasn't really as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. So I, I asked you um, a thought provoking question that you responded to brilliantly. And it, it got me thinking that, man, I need to do a, a masculine series, a, a yeah. masculinity series, like the summer masculine series. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to start it off with the most badass masculine guy. I know Luke Smith and yeah. see, see what happens with the conversation. So if you're up to it, um, I'd like to go into your answers a little bit, Luke, because I was really intrigued by them. So I asked you a simple question. Remember? Um, yep. That was a few weeks ago. And it was. Um, yeah, let's hold young men back from actually pursuing masculinity and actually being a man. Yeah. 
There you go. And your first response of several that I'm looking forward to getting to was that no one teaches young men how to be a man. Instead, they teach imitation or how men should be and act. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious why you answered the question starting with that one. Well, you ever hear that quote that um, hard men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times like i don't no i haven't heard that oh so i don't know who said it but um somebody um i think it was because of like world war ii for example um because our our country throughout like the 1920s to the 40s and 50s um because of the wars our country created in most recent history like the hardest of men men that got up even because they didn't want to not because they chose to but go fight an enemy because that's what our country at the time needed. They're willing to go out and fight so others didn't have to. And I believe that are like the hard men, the masculine men of that time. And now through recent um, history and recent society, because those hard men created such an amazing country that's so easy to live in. Now men are just becoming weak because of how easy things are. It's about your feelings. It's about um, just, just stuff like that. And I was, that, that was like the quote that popped up in my head. And I feel like just, if, if we live by that quote, like hard times create our hard men, create good times, good times, create weak men. I feel like we're right in the weak men stage and it's about to create some hard times. And oh, I think, wow. Wow. So where do you see the symptom breaking through in society now of weak men? Um, I would just start off by I'd say the educational system. And I feel bad for saying it because I'm I'm not super educated on what they specifically like. They're well, how do I explain this? What their agenda is, right? It's to, to create the new generation of Americans. Um, but I don't think the right answer is, "Hey, sit down, do this, study here." Um, just tell you exactly what to do, and if you don't do exactly what somebody else tells you to do, then you're not doing it right. And I, I think that kind of tricks the brain into thinking that there's like a standard in which you have to, to live by. And then you trinkle in the little bit of, oh, it's bad to step up. It's bad to do the things that you believe in. You shouldn't pursue your dreams because um, it's, it's too much and, and just stuff like that that goes on. And I think it's just the little things added up over time that's really starting to create the weak men society. And it doesn't give us a chance to actually be men. You know, we're just shamed for actually going out and chasing our dreams. Yeah, so that, that, I guess that leads into the, the next question is, in your opinion, I know, I know just like all of us, Luke, we have developed into who we are today. So we weren't all, you know, warrior men. We developed to be become warrior men. And you went on a very special pathway that few choose to do, right? Um, and became who you are today. And I know that played a pivotal role in the quality of man you are today. So what does it, what, what does it mean to be a man in 2022? If we can't be it, what is it that we should be being in 2022 right now? I think the answer boils down to living up to your full potential and everybody has a different potential. If that means that you're a janitor, it means being the absolute best janitor that you can possibly be. And, And what that happens is in your daily tasks, let's just say your goal is to own a restaurant franchise and you start off at McDonald's 
uh, McDonald's and you're cooking freaking French fries and you hate it, but you're cooking the absolute best French fries possible. People are going to see that. Then you're going to move up, maybe become, you know, you work the front desk and then maybe become a manager and then you start own a franchise. I don't really think being a man is being some tough guy that just stands your ground all the time that kind of like movies make it um, out to be. I think it's doing your absolute best in all areas of your life and becoming like the best version of yourself. And deep down in my mind, I think that's what being a man is. Oh, nice. So if you had to break that down, Luke, into the qualities of man that, that you have um, strived to achieve, how, how would you, how would you say those, say th- three or I don't know how many you could come up with. I'm sure there are several, but yeah. how, how would you break that down? I think it breaks it down to four things, faith, family, fitness, and finance. Um, a lot of people show up in certain areas of their life and neglect others and they're just super unhappy and they're not being the best version like themselves. Right. So say you have your finances down and you're making a whole lot of money, but if you don't have a family that you can enjoy that with, if you don't have a faith with the Lord and you don't have um, your fitness down and you're super overweight and you're drinking yourself to death, no amount of money is going to make you happy. So it's showing up in all four areas of your life. And I think getting those written down on paper and figuring out what your goals are in each category. I did mine at the beginning of the year. I reference it every single time I wake up in the morning. So your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finance. And I'm a firm believer that Jesus Christ is a strong and risen son of God. Um, so I know some people think of faith in a different way, but that's how I perceive it. So I'm trying to figure out how can I best grow my relationship with Jesus? How can I spread the gospel? How can I show up in other people's lives and just and just be them or there for them? And same with family. Am I doing date night with my wife once a week, no matter what, you know, if like things come up, am I still, you know, getting her flowers? Am I still making her feel appreciated in, in my fitness, regardless of how I feel? Do I still wake up in the morning and do my 45 minute walk? Do I still go to the gym? Then finances, do I have a business plan in which that I know I can set my family up for like financial success? So it's not just showing up in some areas of your life. I feel like those pillars combined can can make you into the man that you need to be, not only for yourself, but the people around you. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned in in the response to my question, the value of mentorship. Was it a was it a mentor that allowed you to identify those four aspects of, of living as a, as a man today, or where did you obtain um, the, the, the four values that drive your every, every day? Absolutely. Um, I think mentorship is the number one most important anybody or any person can have. And I think God played that special little thing in my life for a reason, because I grew up and I never had a dad. So I was always looking for other like father figures of people who I wanted to be like, and kind of like, I feel like you just planted that seed um, when I was younger. So I've been really striving to find people who are where I want to be and just learn from them. Um, like listening to Annie Fursella's podcast, listening to your podcast, messaging you. Um, I feel like you're a great mentor. You're exactly where I want to be one day, especially when it comes to family, when it comes to just going above and beyond. What, you not know, fitness? What? Come on, man. <laughs> man. You with your carnivore diets and you pushing yourself, could just take a sec- or step back for a second. Like you don't have to be doing the things that you do on a daily basis. You could just do your job. You don't have to do these podcasts. You don't have to build your website. You don't have to be on social media like you do. You don't have to be doing your, um, your coffee get togethers, but you choose to go out of the way to help other people become better men, you know, and, and just that ounce right there, um, that mentorship and knowing that 
if I'm going through something or maybe I don't want to do something today, I realize that the people who I want to be like don't really care about how they feel. They care about what's right and they go out and do it. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. That was, that was awesome to hear. Always, always awesome to be appreciated. Right. So you also talked in your response about feelings and I know you have some, some, some pretty hard commentary there about in today's society, we adapt to feelings, right. Versus adapting ourselves to the standard that's in front of us. Did I get that right? That, that that's a rub for you. Take, take me deeper into that. Um, it is so easy to come up with excuses on why you're not where you want to be. And you can play the blame game. You can say, Hey, it's because of my childhood. I didn't have the same opportunities. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. If I were this, then I could have been there. Um, your feelings just tell you a bunch of excuses on why you're not where you want to be. And a lot of people think that your feelings are just, oh, I'm not really feeling it today. It's okay to take a step back. And then society as a whole tells you, yes, listen to how you feel and take the day off. You can go eat out and do that. You should go drink with the boys. You can go do all these other things. But deep down, is that really what you want to do? Because I feel like that builds the word consistency, right? In all areas of your life. And a lot of people say, oh, you just need to consistently do things and then you can get to where you want to go. But consistently listening to your feelings are going to dig you into a hole so deep that you're never going to be able to climb out of. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things that I'm still trying to figure out and trying to get the, the right definition for, but I really think our feelings self-sabotage our own success. And when we put our feelings aside and wake up in the morning and do what we need to do, write it down on paper and check those boxes off, we can become way, way better on a daily basis because the things we do every single day, those days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And next thing you know, your life's over and, and you're not even talking about, you know, all these things you achieved. You're just talking about all your regrets. Mm. So I really appreciate that because I, I th- I'm stealing this from John Maxwell. He said recently that in order to change our world, and I think we see a lot of areas in, in our world today that need to be modified, changed, and transformed. He said the only way we're going to do that is to have a discussion of our values. He didn't talk about feelings. Yeah. He didn't say those were the answers that we need to talk about our feelings. I think in the process, we hear people's feelings and we appreciate where people are with their feelings, but it's the yeah. values that we talk about that are going to transform. Uh, families, communities, cities, um, states, and nations, right? And that's that's the transformation journey he's been called on is to go to countries and have a values conversation. Absolutely. Where, where do you feel that values showed up in your life as a young man? How, and how did that happen? Um, the values, I would say just from having the awesome mom that I had, um, way super, super blessed. Um, she never made more than $30,000 a year. She's a single mom and I always had everything that I have or literally had everything that I could ever want. Um, baseball, always had the nice club, always had the new cleats, always had the new bat, you know, school, always had the supplies, always had the clothes, always had the shoes. And then just knowing that she would never do anything for herself and she just gave absolutely everything that she had to me. And in return, um, just really taught me that this life isn't about me. It's about what I can provide for other people. Um, so I really think that that value thing, 
um, comes up. But let me clarify real quick the whole feeling thing. I understand people have feelings. The whole like value system and your core beliefs are separate from your feelings. When I think of the word feelings, I think of the excuses that you come up in your head because you don't really want to do something. Um, but when especially follow your core values and live up to that on a daily basis, I think that's when things start to change. But I think, yeah, with my mom, that's really where the value system started. Then I'd definitely say the army changed my values a hundred percent. So I was not ready. I was not ready at all. I was so weak. So, so you were not ready for, to be a a man in society. Is that what you're saying? Or, uh, um, um, a man in the army or either way, I guess they're one in the same at the beginning of that journey. Right. I would say it's both because again, having such an amazing mom, she did everything for me. She did my laundry, didn't have to make my bed. Um, she just provided everything for me. And, um, I remember she actually told me this a few days ago. I called her when I was on a run and, um, we're talking about the, the career thing that I'm going through right now. And she was like, Luke, I remember you came home from school one day, you're in 10th grade. And you told me, um, that you had no idea that Christians overseas are getting their heads cut off, that they're getting lit on fire just because they believe in Jesus. Cause if one of my buddies had to show me a live link video of these Christians just getting murdered, these women and children on their knees with bags over their heads, getting executed and on the screen, it popped up. Like, this is what happens if you believe in Jesus. And, um, yeah, from that point, joining the army, I thought I was a man. And I thought that based off of like all oh, this drive that I have inside of me, I'm good enough. But that's, that's the story to get into right there, because I would be writing letters home and basic training, crying because of the leadership positions that I got put in. I've never been in charge of anybody before to crying on the bus back from Cole Range, which is like the army's hell week um, when you're in ranger selection for uh, RASP just like every single little step of the journey, all the hard things and getting through it, um, just like started building blocks on like, I guess my journey. And I'm still far, far, far from where I want to be. We're slowly getting there. Yeah, I, it, it's been a, um, a privilege, I would say, to watch you over the past few years continue to develop and transform. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad glad you said that. When, when do you think you appreciated the journey um, more than the outcome? That's because a really, yeah. I, I am, I am sure in the army that the, the tomorrow was so far away for you, for you because of the, the suck that you had to embrace every day. At some point, your vision shifted to, to more now than tomorrow. I'm curious about that. Yeah. And that's a sad reality for me because it didn't come until it was already over. Um, I never really appreciated it in the moment. And um, I think that's something that I've been battling with. And I guarantee any guys that are listening to this here right now, you are so you are so focused on the end outcome that you can't even enjoy the day. You got to live your day day by day and you got to appreciate the things um, that happen day by day. And then, um, on church on Sunday, the pastor was talking about how, um, your mercies are new each and every day. And we're so focused on the outcome that you can't just enjoy the joys of the Lord on a daily basis. Um, so it was like going through all those selections and, and the deployments and it was so much fun, but it was so, so hard. And I didn't realize like the characteristics that I was building, the mentality that I was building, and then actually getting to go out and do the fun stuff that um, I was so focused on what's next. I never, ever appreciated it in the moment until it was already over. 
And then when it was already over, I just hit a wall when I got the army because I just realized that that was my absolute dream. And now I'm selling cars. Like what the heck? What what's the what's the end outcome of that? And I just hit a wall. So it's really, really appreciating the day by day and not just worrying about like like the eventual end outcome. Yeah. So what does that look like for you now, Luke? I think a lot of guys would want to know how how do I how do I do that? Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's okay to write down what your long-term goals are and to figure out what you want to do. So like on a daily basis, you can get to where you want to go. Something that helps me with that is this little powerless book that I got. You can write it down on a sheet of paper, but all this is, is you write down like five critical tasks. I don't know. It's probably blurry. Um, but you write down five things that you have to accomplish today no matter what, and, and just focusing on what can I do today to make me a better person and to get closer to my goal, um, and really just just doing that. And then um, how I personally do it, sorry if I'm on tangent, is the first thing I do when I wake up, I write down five things that I'm grateful for, because I'm never going to appreciate the end outcome of getting to where I am unless I'm grateful for the things that I have now. Because even though I don't have the car that I want, I don't have the house that I want, if I can't appreciate what I have now, why in the world would I appreciate those nice things once I have them? Because I'm still going to be thinking, oh, what's the next house? What's the next get? You know, and then at the very end of the day, writing down my wins, like things that I accomplished today. So then I can reference them, say I'm having a bad day a week from now. I can look back and realize that on a daily basis, I am, I'm still getting closer to my goal. This one day isn't, isn't just going to ruin everything. Hmm. Wow. So so, Luke, I know in our earlier dialogue, we, we seem to pounce on feelings real quick, and I don't want to discredit feelings because I think feelings are informative. They're not Absolutely. necessarily truth. So mm -hmm. I think there's a, a, a feeling or an emotion that men are falling praying to right now, and it's fear. Uh, fear of being, um, what's, what's the word that you use? Canceled, I believe. If you stand up for a value, of, of manliness or masculinity, there's this fear that you're going to get attacked and taken out and discredited and destroyed and you'll, you'll disappear. And nobody wants to battle that hard against that enemy. What would you talk to me about fear? Let's just start there. It's a liar, you know, and maybe it actually is something that could, could harm you. Or it could harm your reputation, or it could harm how people think about you, how people feel about you. But I think that little voice inside your head is blowing it up so far out of proportion that you are just thinking way too much about it. And it's really not that big of a deal. An example would be um, something that I've recently come into, especially in the media these days, is the word patriot and the word nationalist, right? The word nationalist belief means that you have a love for your country. I I'm a nationalist. I love my country, but because of other things happening inside the news, people make it out to be a bad word, right? Same thing with patriot. I love my country. I would be willing to die for my country because we get things like freedom of religion or other countries like communist China. You can get killed because you're trying to spread the gospel, right? There are certain things in America that we have that I absolutely love and it's worth dying for. And other people are trying to make it seem that it's a bad thing to actually have a belief, right? Or a belief system in something that you truly believe in. And it's a bad thing. So I could just not say a word about anything 
I could just go the other direction and let them win. But deep down, I know probably 5% of society actually thinks it's a bad thing. The other 95% think it's an amazing thing. Yet that 5% is going to cover up everything that you think about something, then you should not do it. Because they're the most vocal. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how does that inform masculine behavior? What, what are you suggesting or proposing that men should do in the, in the advocacy of their beliefs? Write them down on paper, right? Figure out who you are and taking a good reflection on who you are. Um, and, and to get into the masculinity thing, so many people follow causes they have no idea about and they really don't even believe themselves. You really need to form your own opinion on things. You need to learn and you need to read about things before you follow them, post them on social media and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's taking a step back, knowing who you are, knowing what you believe in, and regardless of what other people tell you, you still pursue it. That is what becoming a man is. And that's what having masculinity is, is doing the right thing, regardless of what other people think and standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people would would argue or, well, I shouldn't say argue. It's not an arguing point, but a, a lot of people might believe that masculinity is an, this, this powerful um, expression of energy. It's external, right? It's something that you can see, feel, and, and receive. Yeah. But probably some of the hardest work a man can do is in, internal awareness enhancement right what is it that i what what is it that i truly believe because a lot of us come into this world with beliefs imparted upon us you grow up in um a religious family we'll pick um catholicism yeah you're born into a catholic family you're exposed to the catholic religion and expected to behave that way as a young child and then grow into adulthood and i'm not picking on catholics at all but a lot of us experience religion that way until we we kind of reach our our teens and 20s and we go wait a minute do i believe that Mm -hmm. i i I need to go understand that more so you go on a journey to 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 know more and become more and and self-discovery what areas yeah. of, of life have you found that that discovery really rewarding? Uh, oh, here we go. Um, I find the most rewards are coming from achieving things that are hard. Um, and just that feeling of knowing that you, you accomplished it, you know? Um, and that's another thing that I definitely struggle with on a daily basis is trying to figure out um, like what's that next mountain to climb and always looking for that next mountain. Um, because as soon as you get to the top of that mountain, you're just immediately looking around. Okay. What's next. Got to climb down the mountain, find a bigger one to go climb. Yeah. What, what, what belief is driving that since we started this conversation about belief, you have formed that uh, um, beliefs that are driving your behaviors and your behaviors are creating these outcomes that we're talking about climbing the mountain and then looking for, for the next one. But I'm curious how, how as a man, you solidified your beliefs and, and, Mm -hmm. and let's pick the four in in fitness, faith, family, and finance. How did you shape your belief patterns that are now driving who Luke is today? 
So it all starts from one thing. And I know some, sometimes it's not a popular opinion, especially talking about religion. But the number one thing that most shapes me is dying one day and showing up in heaven. And the Lord, of course, I know he's not going to ridicule me. He's not going to criticize me. But I just have that fear that I'm going to show up and then there's going to be another person standing next to me. And it's going to be who I could have been if I didn't let fears, if I didn't let my feelings, if I didn't let that like emotion that stirs up in your chest when you're about to make decisions and you say no because you're not comfortable, who I could have been and the kind of husband that I could have been, the type of father that I'll be one day. Um, having, you know, the Lord gave me my body and I'm just trashing it, like the type of fitness that I can truly achieve and not only achieve it for myself, but be a good representation to other people on how you should live your life and how important it is for health with your finances. Um, showing up for my family, not only for my family, but who can I donate to? What causes need helped with? And, and how can I use that money to actually grow and help society as a whole? And then when it comes to, um, yeah, I guess those cover it. But yeah, it's just, it all starts from there. And I know some other people have like their one reason, but that one right there is what drives me on a daily basis. And, and that's where it all starts. And that's how everything, that's it's underneath the umbrella. Everything falls underneath that umbrella for me. Yeah. So, so for, for the teenager, the teenage Luke, how, how would you change the trajectory of, of young Luke's life as being the Jedi master you are today. If you could talk to, to young Luke in his teenage years as a young man who's, who doesn't know what he believes, what advice would you tell him? I tell you that you already know what you want to do and you know it's right. You're just on the line, right? And maybe there's two things. You don't know if you want to go to college or you don't know if you want to join the military. That's exactly where I was. And there, deep down, you have a why on why you want to do things. But at the end of the day, what you got to do, flip a coin. At that moment, it doesn't matter if it's heads or tails. Whichever one you want it to land on, go with it. Don't have any regrets and do it until, until the task is complete, right? Being 50-50 on something is really being zero-zero because you're not taking action. You got to pick one. You just got to stick with it. And maybe it's not the right thing, but because you showed up and gave it absolutely everything that you had, another opportunity is going to present itself. And then you've learned those great characteristics of hard work, work ethic, doing it, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And all those things pile up and add up together. And then all the opportunities are just going to flow right in front of you. So maybe it wasn't the best decision that you possibly could have made, but no decision is, is the wrong answer yeah, not making a decision is a choice, right? Yeah. So I hear a lot of young men um, asking me two things. They're trying to find balance in their life. Mm -hmm. um, do you think there Ooh. is such a thing as balance? I do. I really do believe there's a thing of balance, but it is not for young men. And that is the sad reality. And I really, really wish that wasn't the answer. Um, I really wish it wasn't because, you know, the people between ages, I'd argue 16 and 25, maybe even 28 to 30, you're not going to have balance. And it's not an option because you need to be worked or so solely focused on doing the work and getting to where you want to go so that one day you can have balance. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. And all this Instagram people that are lying to you, all the people on social media that are lying to you with these fancy cars, fancy houses, and living these crazy lives, they're lying. 
they do not own those cars. And if they own those cars, they're in so much debt that they will never, ever be able to pay it off. And all of these courses that say you're going to be a millionaire within a month, they're just lying to you trying to get your money for all this, all this stuff. So the word balance comes in probably when you're 35 to, you know, 45, when you've built your business, when you've gotten your career and you've gotten through college, when you get through the selection courses in the military and you're building your life, then at that point you can have balance, but you need to be going full throttle at all times, right? I don't think the LA Rams won the Super Bowl last year going half throttle. I don't think the whoever has won the Formula One racing championship went around the track going half throttle. It's all like full throttle or no champagne bottle, right? And you need to do that for the first 10 to 15 years of your life so that one day you can have balance. And if you listen to anybody else and think that you can have balance now, you're going to live an average life. If you want, that's completely okay. But if you want to live an extraordinary life, there is no such thing as balance until you're in your late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, I hear that so much. Fine balance, but that's really, really confusing. I think a better, um, a, a, a better advice for young men would be um, find your priorities in Absolutely. this in this chaos of, you know, uh, teenage years to your early thirties. You've got to prioritize first. Mm-hmm. Balance is going to be an outcome that happens down down the road. So put priorities before balance always. Yeah. And something that will help somebody like actually figure out and be like, well, I want to have a life. You have a life. The the big issue with that is is your belief system that you're sacrificing all of these experiences. You're sacrificing going out with the boys to the bars. You're sacrificing not being able to go to certain things or do certain things. It's not a sacrifice. It's an investment in your future. And those investments over time are compound. And it will give crazy, crazy results. So it's not a sacrifice. You're investing in yourself. So don't think of that. I I like that paradigm shift. Um, Investment, investment. Yeah. So um, the other thing that that kind of is in line with this that I get questioned about a lot is purpose. So Mm -hmm. again, purpose is, seems to be this nebulous term, like a destination at which you're going to arrive one day. And a lot of men have this anxiety that I need to know it now in order to make the next right decision, because I'm afraid of, you know, making a mistake and having a setback because look at everybody else and how successful they are. So help me with purpose. Uh, You seem to have identified one at a very early age. I would say that is not the norm for, for a lot of people and they spend a lifetime looking. Um, help me help, help me shape purpose into some semblance of advice that we can leave the listeners with. Yeah. And that is something I'll be honest with you. Um, I've, I've been honest with you the whole time, but this is something I struggled with so, so hard for probably the last year and a half on a daily basis to the point where it's like, I don't even know if life's worth living because I can't make a decision. Um, Because I've been so, so, so torn between wanting to be an entrepreneur and building a business and giving my family and those around me and my church and everybody just bless them with, with finances and money and experiences and being able to be there for everybody. Or if I want to chase what I believe my God-given gifts are of being able to help and serve others in like a tactical sense. Um, and it was so, so hard. And I feel like even today on a daily basis, I'm still going back and forth. Um, but I have two really, really great opportunities. 
and in finding that purpose, I think deep down we we know what it is because this life that we're living isn't about us. Society makes everything about us. How fast can I get my food? How like easy and how it, it's just it's just about us. And when you start living your life for other people, that's when you're going to find some purpose because you're not just serving yourself, but you're serving others in the things that you're doing on a daily basis. Even if you don't feel like doing them, you know, you need to, because you're helping somebody else, you're serving somebody else in some way. And I feel like that's where purpose starts. And even if you don't know what the specific job is, your career or book that you need to write, or if I should start a podcast or any of those things, I think it starts with thinking of what are you good at and how can I use it to help others? And I think that's where that's going to start. So what I hear you saying is that in order to break through the mental block that you have because you can't find it and you're anxious about that, go help somebody else. And in the process, you'll discover something that you couldn't see before. Did I, did I wrap that up reasonably well? Yeah. And um, this, you ever hear the guy, Ed Milet? No, tell me. Um, so the guy, very, very, very wealthy entrepreneur. Um, upwards of over $500 million in net worth. Um, he grew up a horrible childhood, right? His dad was a raging alcoholic, um, used to get made fun of as a kid all the time. Um, would call him like Eddie Spaghetti because of how skinny he was and like just was bullied his entire life growing up. And then um, his dad became sober and became a really, really good man. And um, Ed found out that like his first job was working in an orphanage and he knew what these children needed was just somebody to love on them and giving them like the motivation that they need and just this kind, loving words. And then Ed went on to find out that his dad had a book full of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names in it with dates on them. And he went because his dad had terminal cancer and when it had terminal cancer, when he could even barely talk in his in his hospital bed, he would still be calling these people on their um, on their anniversary dates of being sober. And his dad dedicated the whole rest of his life to helping other men become sober by doing it one day at a time. You don't need to think about long term. You just need to be sober today. And Ed took that as I just need to serve other people like my dad did. And he served hundreds and hundreds of people and helped not only change that person's life, change that other spouse's life, change those children's futures, you know, and was just able to actually change thousands of people's lives just because he started serving other people. And now his son is, you know, worth over half a billion dollars and he gives un uncontrollably. And that all started with his dad because his dad was a giver. And that, that sense of giving and that sense of purpose of serving and helping other people, it's not just about you because when you help and serve somebody else, they're going to go and help serve somebody else just by seeing the loving kindness that you're spreading. It's going to help change their life. And it's not only going to help change theirs, but it's going to help change others as well. Yeah. That, wow. That reminds me of my favorite movie of all time. Pay it forward is, yeah. is just that, that thing go, go do for go do for someone that which they can't do by themselves. You, you're, you're the magic that, that helps them accomplish that one thing. And wow, what a exponential impact that can have in transforming communities, right? That's a whole nother values conversation. Yeah. So um, 
we got to give men a path, Luke. If, if somebody is stuck or stagnant in in understanding themselves, in being uh, a victim of fear, in not knowing their purpose or or passion, or um, not in the uh, supportive landscape that allows them to thrive. You know, it can be so many different things impacting a young man and his thought process. How do you, how do you clear the minefield and give one actionable step forward to a young man? What would that one step be to get them started? I'd say find accountability, find somebody that you trust, somebody that you can talk to, that might not be a family member. Sometimes family members are the ones that hold you back the most from achieving the things that you want to achieve. Like for example, say, I'll just do the military. Um, Stay, you're 16 years old and that's your dream. And that's it, exactly what you want to do. You find that that's all you can think about on um, the videos that you're watching on YouTube, on um, the things that you talk about with other people and people are just like shaming you for it and your parents don't want you to do it. Um, find somebody who you trust that you can go to and that you can talk about. And that's because accountability is the number one most important thing you can have when you're trying to find what you want to do. Um, and you can try to figure out if that's right. Because at the end of the day, it's really, it's a real hard pain, uh, pill to swallow, regardless of your age. You are where you're at in life because of the actions that you've took, right? And of course, I understand growing up with like a specific family, we're not having money, or you could say that it's based off your skin color or based off of where you've grown up or based off of all these things is a great excuse, but you need to really get accountable and understand that everything that's happening in your life is because of the actions that you're taking. Um, and that's sometimes you just got to get away from family and you got to find somebody that you can truly talk to. And sometimes you just got to go your own path. That doesn't mean not talk to family members, but that just means um, that sometimes you just have to take up what you believe and go for it. And I'll leave it with this. Every single person is going to hold you back until you can't do it until you do it. And then once you do it, they're all going to be clapping, saying, congratulations. I knew you could have done it the whole time. Right. Same thing happened with me. Everybody made fun of me. I had teachers laugh at me. I had army recruiters laugh at me um, saying that you can't go be a ranger. That's no. Um, same with even family members trying to hold me back saying, don't do it. We need you here, blah, 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 blah. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I was going to give it my all And those same people were there for me, crying, clapping their hands. How did you do it? Army recruiters saying, oh my gosh, what's it like? And stuff like that. I'm telling you, do what you want to do. You got one life. You have one life, live it the way that you want to, but live it exponentially and go all out and cheap and just chase your dreams. doesn't matter what it is. You just got to go all out. 